Alright ladies and gentlemen, it's that time again to step in the ring with the greatest tag team in podcast history. Just freaking wrestling. The JFW Podcast, hosted by Travesty. I'm Dizzle J. And we are here with our 10th episode. 10, 10, 10, 10. Of Just Freaking Wrestling. <laughs> um, I've been told by multiple podcasters that if you can make it past episode 9, you can make it. And... We've done it. We're, we're, we're doing here. it right now. We have achieved that goal. Right here, right now. We're, we're in. In this very moment, we have achieved it. And I'm very excited because, I mean, this is this is 10 of many. You know, oh, so yeah. So I'm super excited for this. And because we're on our 10th episode, we really don't have any shows coming up to uh, predict about or anything. Nope. And uh, we got no indie shows coming up to really brag about. No. So uh, we're going to take this opportunity um, to give back to the fans based on their interaction with us. So uh, we went on social media and we asked you guys to give us ideas for, you know, some top tens since this is a 10th episode. Exactly. So we're going to, uh, we're going to do a little bit of ranking and we're just going to do some listing really. Uh, so just give you guys an idea of uh, the list that we have. The topics were given by you guys, whether you commented on our Facebooks or you messaged us personally. And we did get a lot in so much so that, this is going to be a two-part episode. We're going to do the first half of our um, our request for this week, and then next week under episode 11, we're still going to continue on our celebration of our 10th episode. So we're going to split it off. So if you don't hear your topic this week, do not worry. You'll definitely hear it next week. Quick shout-out to all the guys who did participate. Uh, our buddy Bob, uh, Fear, Mandy, and everyone else. We're going to be doing your topics next this week. Everyone else, you'll be uh, going on next week. So, again, don't feel like we didn't forget about you because it is going to happen. Um, but, I mean, before we begin, which I, we do got to begin here because we do have a lot to go through, how are you doing? I'm, I'm doing great. Uh, tired, but great. How about you? I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. I'm, re- I'm excited to get back here. I'm also super excited for the brand new microphone that we have here. The, the, the new microphone is amazing. The new microphone is wonderful. I think I'm going to name it the Silver Cock, though. I mean, it, it yeah. It kind of looks like a cock. It's weird, though. It's all silver. Yeah, it's called blue. Yeah. Yeah. For those of you who have the blue Yeti microphone, you understand what I have here. I'm super excited to have this. Hopefully, the quality's better. Hopefully, the sound's better. And if it doesn't, it costs me enough money why I don't give a shit. So, <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, anyway, so I got my papers here. Uh, we got our top tens. Uh, we're going to start with the first, uh, our first list here, which is... The top ten superstars who were never heavyweight champion in uh in the I guess their main um company, I guess. Now, we tried to narrow it down to major titles based on companies, uh Duddy Heavyweight Championship, WCW Heavyweight Championship. We're focusing on the guys who have been in these companies but never had the opportunity to win or correction, had the opportunity but just never won it. So they never held these titles. And again, for those of you out there who feel that our lists are wrong. Just let us know. We love the interaction. If you feel that somebody isn't on this list that should be on our list, just let us know. You know, we love feedback. Absolutely, good or bad, we love the feedback. I mean, Steve of all uh, people should know that. (laughs) I see. see Steve was active again this week. Steve, yeah, Steve came back. I guess uh, his mom paid the fucking uh, internet bill so he could uh, get some get some fucking internet. So must must be rough living in a basement. It has to be terrible to get live in the fucking basement. So anyway, so our top ten here for never heavyweight championship. Um, this one's ranked. A lot of these, like I said, are ranked. Some are just listed. This one's going to be ranked. If you guys don't agree, just let us know. All right, who do we have here on our, uh, who's, who's starting out at the bottom of the list? We'll start from 10, move our way well, up. Yeah, countdown-wise. Yeah, so who are we at number 10? I'm going to, we're going to say Goldust. Goldust definitely, Goldust definitely should be on this list. Um, if some people think it's higher, then maybe they'll uh, disagree when we get through the list. Goldust is one of those guys who had, like, the biggest push in, like, the 90s. But I think it's because of his character that kind of kept him down. I think when they gave him the idea, he went a little bit too far with it. I, I mean, the great thing about Goldust was is he was completely different. Mm-hmm. He was good in the ring, good on the mic. It freaked you out, even though, I mean, he comes from wrestling, wrestling royalty blood. And why it never happened for him, I don't know. It should have. And I do believe that the character at the time... Was probably just ahead of its time at that time. Oh yeah, absolutely. And the biggest thing, like when it came to Goldust, it was weird. It's like you said, it's that legacy that he had. I mean, he, the son of Dusty Rhodes, right, comes into WWE and has this bizarre, out there character. 
I mean, it, to me, the the bizarre out there character is what I enjoyed watching Goldust back then. It, it was oh yeah different. Mm-hmm. He got in people's heads. He he just fucked with you from the word go, and it was amazing. Yeah, and you know, like at the time, you know, being Goldust, you know, between then and now, tag team champion, Intercontinental mm-hmm. champion, but never held that major title. It, it's disappointing and true, but also. Uh, you know, a lot of guys that want to stay, stay in the ring with him because they were afraid of his get his character and mm-hmm. what he might do or what lingerie he had on under his yeah jumpsuit, I guess you would say. Oh, yeah. And plus, you know, with with his wife being out there, um, Terry Reynolds, but mm-hmm. she, I believe she was she was known as something else before that. But uh, but yeah, Terry was always out there and. Being married, you never really thought that that guy was married or even straight for that matter. Right. Um, I, I read an article that uh, uh, Scott Hall, as Razor Ramon back in the day, when he had his feud with Goldust, he felt very uncomfortable wrestling with him. And I get why. Because if you've never seen Goldust wrestle, uh, check it out. It's always, I mean, a lot of his matches are on WWE Network for just $9.99. $9.99. Go, go back, go on YouTube, just Google it, check it out. Uh, next on our list, number nine is Matt Morgan. And I know a lot of you guys are, you know, probably don't know who Matt Morgan is if you don't live outside of the current WWE bubble. But Matt Morgan is literally the, I, in my mind, is the perfect guy for like championship material. I mean, he was, he is known as the blueprint. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's seven foot tall or almost seven feet tall, and he's quick in the ring. Mm-hmm. And I mean, when it. They just misused him, giving him, I believe he was the stutterer, right? Is that what they Yeah, and WWE, yeah. WWE, I mean, yeah. They made him stuttering, and it just didn't make sense how you got this big monster of a motherfucker, and you're going to do that to him. Mm-hmm. I mean, the biggest, I think the biggest thing that came up with him, too, is like he just really never had much of a personality. Yeah, in, he, the, in the ring, terrific athlete. On the mic, I think he just always fell short. And maybe that's what ended up costing him, like, because he was in WWE, he was in TNA. He, I mean, he had a better career in TNA. Right. But I think just because of the personality that he showed everyone, he just really never built that He's character. Actually, they actually saved his DNA strand for some kind of special NASA kind of project. I don't know they if did. you know that. Yeah, I, I, remember, I, I don't know if it was NASA. That. It's some kind of special project. Where yeah, they, they, they shot his uh, DNA up into yeah. space. Yeah, I heard about that, and that's pretty fun and cool. Because, I mean, the guy the guy is a specimen of his own, you know. Right. Good looking, built right, tall, smart. Um, I think he I think he went to Harvard or Yale. He played basketball. He, he would, I mean, it surprises you how many of these guys are actually mm-hmm. – got degrees in different things that doesn't even apply to the wrestling era. Um, Morgan, though, probably would have been one of those guys that benefited if he had a Paul Heyman or a manager that could just do the talking for him. Yeah, Paul Heyman would have been great. If he came in like a Brock Lesnar, all, you know, no talk, all action, right. I think everything would have worked out. Number eight we have on our list is Honky Tonk Man. I don't care for the Honky Tonk Man. Um, I, I do and I don't. The only, I mean, the biggest thing he had going for him is he is the longest reigning Intercontinental Champion. I, I give him credit for that. So, um, in his time, you know, he was some little bit different. He was a heel. Um, I mean, like he, he was he was an Elvis impersonator, yeah. But, I mean, being the longest reigning Intercontinental Champion is saying something when you look at all Intercontinental Champions. Oh, yeah. You know, you're looking at Shawn Michaels, Stone Cold, Bret Hart, the Ultimate Warrior, you know, Chris Jericho. Well, even the Miz now. The Miz, Miz is two, yeah. two titles away from beating Jericho's mm-hmm. record. Yeah, so I mean, like, like looking overall, you think like you know, here's guys who didn't hold a title as long as Honky Tonk Man. Yet these men are the guys who went on to hold a world title. Right. So, it's I mean, we put him on the list for that reason. I mean, he's not one of the top guys and everything. That's why he's still towards the bottom of the list. But we still end up uh, putting him on here. Uh, next up would be uh, the Million Dollar Man, Ted DiBiase, who made his own championship. He, he did. I, I think. I think he realized he'd never be heavyweight champion, so he created his own did, title. He carried did, on. Did he? I mean, did he want to be? He, he was probably making enough money just winning everything else. I'm surprised he never bought it. He probably did. I mean, he, he probably owns one. Yeah, yeah. He he probably bought a couple of them, personalized and shit. <laughs> um. But again, you know, Ted DiBiase was in that era along with Honky Tonk Man right. and everything. You would think that the guy 
with the popular. I mean, granted, he was a heel, but he, I mean, even as a heel, he still got popularity out there. Oh, yeah. And you would think, like, how is this guy never champion? And plus, he always had Virgil with him, so mm-hmm. you, you got that X factor to where if he wasn't in a championship match, you know, Virgil could just help out a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Throw, I, throw a little uh, right hook in there somewhere, or a little chokey choke. Yeah. I mean, like, oh, I mean, overall, like, you know, I think, and I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure I'm accurate about this. For those of you who are listening, if I am wrong, correct me. But I think he did have his career um, fall short due to injury. So I think his in-ring uh, career did end, like, prematurely. And maybe that's what it was. You know, maybe there was a push in the future. He just never had that opportunity. But with that being said, he never had the opportunity. He never won it. Because of that, we had to put him on the list. And he falls right behind number six, which is the British Bulldog, Davy Boy Smith. I mean, I love Davy Boy Smith. I, I thought he was one of the best. I, I thought for sure he was winning the Royal Rumble the one year. When Shawn Michaels skinned the cat and then yeah. pushed him out, and I was like, "No." Well, even like even like afterwards, when he came back, like later into the Attitude Era, yeah, in the WWF at that time, right? You know, he had that match with Triple H where you know The Rock was special guest referee, and he had Triple H down for that count. The Rock just didn't count to three, so he screwed him out of the championship. So he was that close, but didn't make it. But I mean, like, I mean, no matter like if it was the you know, pre you know Attitude Era. During the Attitude Era, you know, unfortunately he died young, oh, yeah, so he, he wasn't, really so he wasn't able to like maybe like drag his career out a little bit longer. But he was a guy who had the potential to be champion. I mean, everyone in the hearts had a potential to oh, be yeah. champion. Uh, Brett just happened to be the one guy who made it happen. Um, but yeah, I mean. Even though at number six and maybe a little bit low, but I mean, I loved watching British Bulldog. I mean, I liked him. He had the running power slam, which was actually impressive by <laughs> him to do, like it is by when uh, who doesn't now? Braun Strowman. Braun Strowman. Mm-hmm. So and I could see where, you know, I, I've seen a bunch of other guys do it, but it's never seemed as impactful as these two gentlemen that do it. Absolutely. You, not, know, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, like, I mean, people. They do they do the pump handle slam, the power slam. Right. Very few do the running power slam. Right. And the British Bulldog, he had that he had that power uh, where he could just hoist him on the shoulder and just power. run. Number five is this is one you want to put on here. I was kind of iffy about it, but you wanted this one. I'm I'm a big fan of the King. I love Jerry the King Lawler. I love love when he was heel, and I I really think that when he was still in the ring, he should have been able to grab it at least once he had personality he had talent i mean granted he loved puppies but who don't love puppies everyone loves puppies everybody loves puppies everybody loves puppies i just think i did, sometimes i think maybe he didn't want to be that for wwe or wwf at the time whatever it may have been yeah to me to me he seemed comfortable in his position that he had there Right. I think by the time he got into WWF, like maybe it was like getting towards more the end of his career. I mean, Twilight, yeah. He, I mean, I know he did a couple of things with Bret Hart. He did a couple of things with ECW, but a lot of his prime, I think, was all pre WWF right. back in the NWA and all that. And for those of you who are thinking, "Oh, well, the King won the NWA Championship," yeah, but we're not counting that. <laughs> so. <laughs> You know, he did win the NWA title and, you know, I think it was like Mid-South and Southern and all that stuff. Yeah, but, you know, when you guys think of championships, you don't think like, oh, well, the greatest champion in the world was blah, blah, blah in 1982 who won the Mid-South. No one thinks about it that way. And that's what we're basing this uh, list on. But again, if you disagree, please leave a comment on Twitter, Facebook, and let us know. Number four, I... I want it on here because it blew my mind how Jake the Snake Roberts never won a championship. You're a heavyweight about, championship. You're talking about one of the greatest heels of all time. Greatest fucking heel. I, I mean, mean, the guy who played mind games. I mean, like, he, he had everything to be a world champion. And granted, yes, his career kind of took a downfall due to some demons that he couldn't overcome. But before all that, the man had... The personality, he had the ring know-with-all. Oh, he put on some classic matches with Macho Man, even yeah. even as coming as far as making the snake bite mm-hmm. Macho Man. Yeah. I mean, there, it, it blows my mind how he never held a town. Not even, not even if it was for like a day or just whatever, a snippet of time. It blows my mind how he was never champion. I mean, it, it happens, and it happens way too often. And 
I'm sure there's people on this not on this list that if we thought about now, we'd be like, well, shit, we should have put them on the list. You know? Oh, yeah. Well, luckily, I'm hoping Gio listens to this and he clicks in his head. like, hey, wait a minute, they forgot these. Because Gio's a great fan who interacts with us quite often. Well, and he calls us out on our shit, which I do enjoy. But, you know, you got you to gotta have those people who are willing to put you in your place. And Oh, yeah. Cheers to Gio. Hashtag fuck Steve. Hashtag fuck Steve. Oh, shit. Number three, Roddy Roddy Piper. Now, see, man, I love Piper. I'm, I run my mouth a lot. Mm-hmm. So to me, it did, I just clicked with Piper, and he just runs his mouth, runs his mouth, was good in the ring, got a reaction. He almost had, I want to say, Eddie Guerrero probably reminds me a lot of Roddy Roddy Piper because no matter if he was good or bad, he made that crowd feel however he wanted them to feel. Mm-hmm. He could control the crowd. I mean, you're talking about a guy who bashed coconuts and pineapples over people's heads, no problem. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, and the thing is, like, it wasn't like he came in and he was like a straight mid-carder, mid-card guy through his whole WF. I mean, he faced Hulk Hogan. Mm-hmm. He faced Snuka, you know, Macho Man. He faced the main eventers. He headlined WrestleMania, you know? The, the fact that he never held the title... It, it it makes no sense whatsoever. No, none. Um, number two, we uh, got Scott Hall, Razor Ramon. I looked and like and granted, like a lot of these guys, you know, when you sit there and you look at world champions, yes, they won them here and there in small territories. Hall never won that big title. So I, that that shocks me either as Hall and as Razor, mm-hmm. because Razor, man, Razor was on fire for a long time. Had that classic match with Michaels for the Intercontinental Championship. Yep. But and that seemed to boost Michaels and kind of kept Hall back. Yeah. So. I mean, I think the biggest situation, too, that may have uh, deterred him from being a champion was towards the end of his career when he was having those uh, those shit matches with one, two, three, kid. Oh, God. So, I mean, obviously you don't want to see a champion be like that. But, I mean, it's like you said, you know, Razor Ramon, when he walked I mean, that guy walked in owning the fucking oh, place. Yeah. And then even at Scott Hall and WCW with the Outsiders, I mean, everyone in the NWO held that fucking title. Except for him. Except for Scott Hall. And it it, it shocks me. I, I wish they could go back and fix that. Um, but it doesn't shock me as much as our number one guy on this list. And, Which, and there, there's still time for him. Yeah, because this is the one guy. I mean, we look through the entire list. This is the one guy, other than Goldust, obviously, who is still active in the WWE. Right. So, when you sit there and you look at Cesaro, and you think to yourself, how the hell is this guy not a uh, champion? Pound for pound, the, I, I, the strongest man probably in the WWE right mm-hmm. now. Able to lift the guy from the outside while he's standing on the on the second rope and bring him in for a suplex. Can run the mic. Can run the ring. This guy is the complete package. And it, I feel like now that with him and Sheamus, he's even better than what he was. And why is he still in a tag team when he is as good as he is? I think it's going to come down to the point where... Uh... When Cesaro's contract's up, I think he's gonna move on because I mean he has the he has the he has the ability. He's a total package of what you look for in a world champion. Oh yeah, you know, so he can make it great at uh, you know fucking New Japan, you know Global Force Wrestling, Ring of Honors, wherever he wants to go, he can go anywhere and walk right into the main event picture because he is that good at the business he's in. And, and it's scary because WWE yet again will lose. Another star talent because they don't know how mm-hmm. to book this guy in the right matches. Yeah, and what's unfortunate is that you sit there and, and you know we we've been over my, you know a bunch of times. I'm an AJ Styles fan, huge AJ. Styles. Okay, so when you look at AJ Styles, when you look at Bobby Roode and Eric Young and everything, like you have these guys who are veterans somewhere else coming over here and starting to make names for themselves, Shinsuke Nakamura and all of them. But you forget that Cesaro is nearly homegrown with OVW, FCW, right. and all that stuff. I mean, like, they built this guy. So, I mean, if he's falling short on anything, it falls on the WWE. Oh, exactly. I mean, I, I think uh, did he? I think he wrestled for Ring of Honor, too. He might have. I, I, I'm not 100% sure. I'm sure if someone finds out I'm wrong, I'll hear about it. Mm-hmm. But the guy, the guy was a champion over in Switzerland. 
over in Europe. He was a champion. Comes over here. Was he OVW champion? I don't think it was OVW. I, I believe he was FCW champion, though. But the, the guy is completely unutilized. Mm-hmm. Like I said, now with Sheamus, he's getting utilized a little more and they're tag team champions, but there ain't no reason he shouldn't step in that rock, ring with Brock Lesnar. No. Or Joe or Roman or any of those guys and put them down. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Could you imagine a Samoa Joe versus Cesaro match? It'd be fun good. That'd probably be one of the best matches we've It'd seen in a long time match. for Raw. Um, all right, moving right along here to our next uh, list. Um, I'm not sure if this is so much ranking as listing, because now that I look at this, I think I would want to readjust it. So we're going to call this just a top ten list. We're just going to list it. We're just going to list the top ten list. So, again, we'll just start the bottom work away. If I right. guess it won't matter because I'm not ranking them, but um, <laughs> we're going to start this out, and you guys are probably going to disagree with this. But on a personalized title list, this is created, like, these are new titles created by people, or these are current titles that were altered in some way. Or updated. Or updated, you know, to make it more unique to the person holding the championship. So on your list, we start out with Zack Ryder's YouTube championship. I mean, he 100% comp- uh, th- This man put himself on the map with his mm-hmm. championship and got himself a minor push in the WWE. Yeah, and I, I hate the fact that he won the. And I love the fact that he won the IC title at WrestleMania. I hate the fact he lost it the next day. Right. I I don't know why they did it. I hate the fact that they did it because Zack Ryder is one of my favorite guys. The fucking Rough Rider Fisher is amazing. It's something new. It's something different. You know the woo woo fucking boot in the corner. Uh, the boot in the corner, I like the Rough Rider not so much. I do not. It's like a reverse Famouser. Yeah, exactly. I don't, I don't know. I just don't like it. It, it looks like you're. You're trying to teabag the guy. That makes- it's called the Rough Rider. <laughs> what else you got to fucking do with the trip him? Oh, you fuck. It's <laughs> like a giant teabag. They just called the teabag. All right. The next one up is actually from Lance Storm, one of the most, I would say Cesaro-esque. Very, oh, yeah. yeah. Very, no. For the early, uh, early 2000s, late 90s. Didn't, didn't know how to use him. Made his own... Canadian heavyweight championship out of the U.S. title. Mm-hmm. Yep. So Lance Storm, uh, during Team Canada era that he had in ACW, where the fuck he called it, um, he won the U.S. title. And it was weird because he won the U.S. title, he won the light heavyweight title, and I believe he also won the television title. And he renamed them. He renamed the base on Can- uh, Canada. And one of the most important ones is, even though he was never heavyweight champion, which we could have thrown him on the... Uh, top never heavyweight champion, yeah, and, we probably, and we should have, but because he renamed the Canadian heavyweight title, I'm gonna I'm gonna call that a loophole. But he <laughs> he did. He created his own title, and the thing is, like when you have a man like him or Kurt Angle who held more than two to three championships at once. I mean, in TNA, Kurt, Kurt Angle held every single championship at one time. Yeah. So and the only two people I can think of who done that was Kurt Angle and Lance Storm. That's, I mean, off the top of my head. Yeah. So, I mean, like, so when you sit there and you look at, like, a guy who has the ability to be, you know, a top guy, you never get it to him, it sucks. But if you don't give it to him, what do you do? He takes it and makes it his own. And that's what he did with the U.S. Championship. He took it. He made a Canadian Championship. You know what? Yeah, I'm not a big fan of Canada, but I was a big fan of this belt. I have no grips against Canada. They give us some of the greatest wrestlers we've ever seen. So next on the list, <laughs> I'll give you that. That is true. When you look at Kurt Angle, I was like, we, I was like we're not going to get into yeah, that right When you look now. at Kevin Owens, you look at Sami Zayn, Chris Benoit, Chris Jericho, the Hearts, the hearts you know, all great Canadians, Trish Stratus even, if you want, you know, even when you look at the female side, Natalia, Edge Christian, Edge and Christian, so a lot of great champions. We'll have a Canadian-based uh, show one day. There we go. Yeah, fuck it, why not? A. All right, next one you're not a big fan of, but I had to throw it on there because it is customized. Um, the NWO world title. And the only way they customize it is spray paint right across the face of the plate. Uh, man, I hated that so much. Because that the title that they spray painted across, to me, was like defacing history. Because that, that title was just... That, that title been around for a long time. And now that it doesn't exist anymore, it kind of... Kind of makes me feel old. I would agree with you 100% on how much that would be disrespectful to the title. 
if um, Vince Russo didn't give it to David Arquette. So that title was tainted. That was after that. Still happened. But it's kind of, it kind of goes back to our whole conversation from last week when we discussed the U.S. T- flag, United States flag being on the ground during the right. flag match. It's a disrespect for and I get you 100%. Right. But, I mean, that, I mean that's, that's like, you know, anyone can say that about a number of these titles on our list, whether it be, well, you know, Lance Storm, you know, defaced the U.S. title by making a Canadian. John Cena defaced the world champion spinner title by making it spin. You know, I mean, it, I mean that happens all throughout our list here. I think I think that what makes it a little grittier and so much is that it's spray paint. Okay. If you, if you'd have taken it and gotten worked, it worked, and maybe just I don't know somehow made it NWO across it. The, the spray paint just what makes it feel grimy and just a shitty thing to do to such a prestigious title. You explained exactly what the NWO was at WCW, though. But that's true. I understand that they took over. To, but To quote Vince McMahon, <laughs> the NWO was a virus that was unleashed on the pro wrestling. They tore apart the entire uh, Monday Nitro um, layout of you know, the, the logos and the uh, Titantron, the entrance, and they threw NWO shit everywhere. They took over and they fucking defaced the entire company for one full night too, because that's what the NWO does. And I'll think that these guys who got all this money running this place could just go get another title made and just have it look nice. I get what you're saying, but if they did that, they wouldn't have gotten the impact from the fans as I, they did. I guess that's very true. Alright, moving right along. Uh, rated our uh, title, Edge. Rebranded a rebranded title, if you right. will. Um... I, I like what he did, but I st- I never liked the uh, the way that that title looked. Like after John Cena made that spinner title, I hated the way it looked. And I hate the fact that they kept it for so long. I think it was neat that because um, everybody who got it and got it for a significant amount of time was able to add their own little niche to it. Yeah, it was a little awkward the way it 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 sat. I'll give you that. But I, I feel like well, it, it just really looked better on Cena than, than anybody else because his character. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, so, I mean, I liked it. It was a little bit different. Like I said, it was just a remake of a remake right. and everything. The next one, again, it, it was remade, but it was remade a different way. When you look at the Ultimate Warriors yellow-strapped IC title. Right. I mean, here's a guy who kept the plates, just changed the strap. Now, not many people do that, but he did, and it was awesome. Yeah, I mean it, it. It worked out perfectly. Mm-hmm. It was it was still classy and it actually fit his personality. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because he wore the, I believe he wore yellow tights. Yeah, I mean, like I mean, he he had the bright colors. You know, right. it wasn't it wasn't a black strap. Uh, it wasn't a white strap. It wasn't just a plain normal color. I mean, right. he, he he took it and he made it ultimate. You know, no <laughs> pun intended there, but that's what he did. He he, he took it as like I want to make it different, but. At the same time, he kept the respectable um, appearance of the plate. Right. And the plate's the biggest thing when it comes to the belts, you know? I mean, like, the straps are just there to display the plates. And the fact that he kept he kept the um, the face plate, the side plate, and everything exactly the same, he just altered the strap and made it really cool, and it kept the respect and integrity of what the belt is. I really don't believe that there has been much change to the Intercontinental Championship other than the strap. Major, major, major changes. Yeah, I mean, there, there were, there were, in, I mean, it did evolve. Right. You know, like they had that classic EC title, the classic IC title. Right. That they brought back and currently have now. And then the Attitude Era had that oval plate. But it, it wasn't like, to me, I, I don't feel it be drastic. You know what I'm saying? I would count that as pretty drastic. I, see, but it doesn't click in my head as drastic. I mean, like, I mean, to, to have a simplified shape. Comparison, the original IC title looked like an upside-down house. To where the IC title that was in the attitude was an oval. I, mean, I would consider that pretty drastic. Okay. I guess so. <laughs> I, I guess it just never really clicked in my head that yeah. the title changed. It just, I don't know. You know what I mean? I you're saying. Um, we mentioned this a couple of times, but it is here on our list. John Cena's uh, Spinner, the world title. Uh, what's not on our list is John Cena's U.S. title, which was the original Spinner. Right. And um, he just dragged that uh, idea onto when he won the world title. 
I mean, I, I enjoyed it because, like I said, it, it fit his character so much. I believe, was that still Dr. Thugonomics at that time? Or is it in between? I think when, I think it was roughly around the time he won the first world championship where he started merging into that PG. But yeah, I mean, I know, I know the U.S. title was definitely the Thugonomics. Yeah. Um, the world title, I think he was still right there, but I think he was slowly moving in to, um, to what it is now. So, I mean, it's, Again, See, it's not too much of a change. It's just the general shape. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> so we want to say. Um, so yeah, this thing, like, it, to me, to how I felt about this is how you felt about the NWO thing. I hate the fact that they took a pristine title that was held by fucking like I can't even think. I can't even count the number of previous champions before him. Countless Hall of Famers. So. Yeah. He took that and he turned into a fucking spinner. So that I saw that as disrespectful. I, I, I can see that. Um, the Rock had a title of his own. The, the Brahma Bull title. The Brahma Bull title. Basically his own world championship just had a fucking uh, Brahma Bull on it. it, 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 it Brahma, like his tattoo. Just like his fucking tattoo. Put it in gold form. Yeah. I, I don't remember seeing much of it. No. I don't remember seeing much of it either. It's, I mean, I think it was on there a few times. I think he was just doing it as a playoff from what Stone Cold did. Is that the is that the one that they threw in the lake or the river? He he threw Austin smoking skull belt in the river. I think the Stone Cold threw the Rock's icy title in the river. But I'm just trying to think. I don't. Maybe maybe the Brown Bull title never even made it to uh, TV. I don't fucking know. I don't know. I, we, I didn't look it up. No. I, yeah, we didn't look it up. So we're just going to move on from it like we never talked about it. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is a modern, this is a current uh, title that's still uh, that's being used now. And it's actually the women's championship that... Um, the, gl- the glow title. The glow title that Naomi has. Yeah. Uh, when I first thought, it blew my fucking mind at the fact that, first off, they allowed her to do it. Right. And the fact is that she, made it, she was able to make it work and everything because... You know, like, I, I love her new entrance. I love that uh, WWE allowed her the opportunity to do something like that. And the fact that she was able to incorporate the title into it is absolutely amazing. Oh, and then when, when she first came out with it, I was like, what the hell's on her? I was like, oh, shit, that's the mm-hmm. title. That's yeah. pretty legit. I do although, like- although there's been a lot of controversy surrounding it, because, you know, again, we can go back to what I felt about the yeah. NWO title, what you felt about the Spinner title. Yeah. I mean, and the only thing is, like, I mean, obviously, if this title ever changes hands, they're not going to keep it. No. No one else is going to come out with a glow title. Maybe when it changes hands, the other one will just take that and slam it in the face with her. That way it breaks. That Maybe. way, you know, another title comes in. Yeah. Um, million dollar title. A lot of people probably think this would be, like, number one, but our number one's kind of validated based on what we love. Right. So, but the million dollar title, if is definitely would, if we were to rank this, would definitely be number two. If not, to most people, definitely number one. Well, yeah, if you're talking about, I mean, the thing was just gorgeous, the diamond out or whatever the jewels were, and gold and money symbols. It, it was like, I mean, it, it'd be something a rapper would wear, you know? Oh yeah, it's it's almost like it's it's to what. A gold chain to be represented right. to the rap genre or whatever the fuck you call it. But, I mean, yeah. And what the weird thing is, like, I mean, a lot of times he never really wore it. Virgil carried it. Yeah. Virgil carried it. Or I, I believe he put it on his shoulder a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. He, but, I don't remember him no, too but, much. But that goes back to, you know, how we talked about in um, our last list. You know, he never won a world championship. He made his own. Right. Because if you're rich, you could do shit like that. Number one title that we found that was the best personalized title is the Smoking Skull Belt from Stone Cold Steve Austin. This is I, I, this is the first time I remember a title getting a facelift when somebody got it. I'm not I, I can't tell you if it happened before that, but this is the title that I remember it being. Yeah. Other other than the million dollar title, which Austin also held as the ringmaster, this is the only other title I can think of, or the most or the earliest I can remember that was completely different title than what was awarded during WWE. Right. 
You know, like I mean, like when you look at like Cena and Randy Orton, The Ultimate Warrior, Lance Storm, NWO, and all them. I mean, they took a current title, modified it. Austin got a it took got his own title, and if I remember right, the back of the strap was snakeskin. Nice. So I mean, like I mean, this belt was fucking amazing. Like if I, as a child, when I always went to like WWE.com, where you could go to WWE shop. Uh, eventually they'll appreciate these plugs. <laughs> I would always look through all the title belts and everything, always wanting that authentic title. And the, the one I wanted more than anything was the Austin Smoking Skull belt. That was the one I wanted over any other title. That one or the Undisputed title during the um, the Ruthless Aggression era. Nice. I always liked that one, too. So I, I, always, I always liked the Intercontinental Championship myself. To me, the... The classic one or the... Yeah. I, well, I like the new, the new updated classic one. Okay. I guess you could say because yeah. the white strap was the original strap, mm-hmm. but I like I like the one they have now because to me the the intercontinental championship was always the more the workhorse of the company. It was always like you know the blue collar guy of the company who keeps this shit going. Mm-hmm. You know, more I think more Hall of Famers held that than the heavyweight title, I believe. It's possible. Awesome. I can't think of. I can't think of a heavyweight championship. The heavyweight champion who wasn't IC champion. Maybe Hulk Hogan. He's probably never IC champion. I that's that's a good question. Yeah. For those of you who are listening, if you want to answer that <laughs> question, was Hulk Hogan ever Intercontinental Champion? Let me know. Put in the comments uh, when we release the show. Comment on like, hey Travis, uh, you are correct because I'm pretty sure I am. Um, good, cool. Moving right along, we're going to our next uh, top ten, which this one's ranked. This one's ranked. We are ranking this one. These are the top factions in wrestling. This is going through uh, DCW, WWE, and uh, TNA. And again, these are our preferences of how we ranked them. If you guys think we missed anyone, please let us know. Or if you think we ranked wrong, you know, re-rank it for us. Whatever. Or politely go fuck yourself. <laughs> politely go fuck yourself. Hashtag see fuck yourself. Um, number 10, uh, we started out this with main event, the main event mafia. Which is pretty much the WCW guys who got together in TNA. Not just WCW, because Kurt Angle was there. Oh, in WWE. In WWE. Yeah, so I mean, you had, so you had Sting, you had Nash, Booker T, and Kurt Angle. Uh, there was a period there where Samoa Joe was part of it. Scott Steiner. Scott Steiner. Oh, Scott Steiner, yeah. So, I mean, like these are pretty much just the older veterans that pretty much were taking on the new guys. Right. Not not the, I mean, I can't, I don't want to say new as in TNA, but the younger, the youth of. The next generation. Korea. Exactly. Um, and they weren't ready for their spotlight to be taken away. Yeah. So, I mean, like, and they, I mean, they dressed in suits, you know, they walked around. I mean, they walked around with purpose, you know, it's. I mean, walked around like a mafia. Yeah, I mean, out of out of all TNA factions, I mean, even if you look at, you know, Fortune when Ric Flair redid Fortune with AJ Styles, Kazarian, uh, Christopher Daniels, and um, Bobby Roode and James Storm. I mean, when he made Fortune, when he rebranded Fortune, I mean, this is better than that. Team Canada, even you know, with Bobby Roode, Eric Young, and all them, Petey Williams. Uh, many of them, I think, was the best TNA champion that yeah. or TNA faction that we uh, we had. Um, number nine, we had the Ministry of Darkness. I love the Ministry of Darkness. The uh, the late nineties, early two thousand Undertaker group, uh, Minion and Viscera. Of oh, the APA. The APA. So, Edge and Christian were even part of it and everything. So, they. I mean, like, even if you wanted, like, to stretch it out and include, like, the corporate ministry, when corporate, when the corporation oh, and the ministry merged together, Vince McMahon Big was, came to higher oh, power geez. and shit. But regards, I mean, like, this, I mean, this is when, like, satanic, worshipping, demonic shit was, right. like, it was big in the world. And Diddy, I mean, Diddy does that a lot with the storylines, playing off the situations that are happening in the world. And this is one of the things, like, I mean, like, with The Undertaker, I mean, like, it was it was different than the character he was, but not too far off. Right. If there's anybody who was going to pull off the leader of this group, nobody else could have done it besides The Undertaker. Mm-hmm. This is the, the the greatest man of reinvention. Yeah. Who, who stays the same character, basically, but just oh, yeah. adds. But what's weird, and this was weird, and I was thinking about this as we're making these lists and everything... 
The Undertaker is who he is, and he's able to get away with so much shit because when you look at back, like back in ACW, when Raven crucified the Sandman, right? People blew up about it. Raven had to apologize. Fucking Undertaker did the same thing to Stone Cold Steve Austin and Stephanie McMahon and Stephanie McMahon. It's like no uh, bad a fucking eye at that though. Nope, you, you, nobody tells that man. Anything. Nah, Fuck nah, that. they don't give a shit. Number nine. You guys probably won't agree with this, but we did. It was right oh, to censor. Oh, man. That, that was a fun faction to watch. Mm-hmm. I, I would not want to be part of that I faction. hate. I hated the fact that that constant beep was their theme song. Yeah. But, I mean, I love the way they fucking did it because they came on. They're like they're like cult. I mean, cult followers and yeah. shit. That, like a black pants, white shirt. Yeah, Steven Richards, who was Stevie Richards in ECW. Get a good father who used to be the godfather. You have uh, Morley, who used to be Val Venus. Bull Buchanan and Ivory. I mean, you guys came out and they censored everything. I mean, this was this was the group that turned Mister Ass Billy Badass Billy Gunn into the One Billy Gunn. Yeah, because he know? lost the match, right? Yeah, I mean, like they. I mean, and it was weird. Is like when when they when Steve when Stephen Richards started this group. I mean, like he really never had to do anything. He rarely fought. You know. Well, see, Steve Richards is another one of those guys who was underutilized. Mm-hmm. In the WWE, WWF, but you know whatever the fuck you want to call it, because I mean he w- he was a great talent before he got mm-hmm. there. He got there, they just kind of stuck him in different things. But anything they stuck him in worked. He made it work. Oh yeah, he he was just a, he's a workhorse. Oh man, this is the next one here. This is one of my favorites because it birthed one of the greatest of all time. Mm-hmm. This is the nation of domination. I I loved I loved uh, back in the Attitude Era, where they didn't just have like teams, but they had groups. Yeah, and the Nation of Domination was one of those uh, groups that, I mean, I think this one like, I'm try, I can't even think of the fucking word, but it 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 was more it was so relatable to everything that was going on, mm-hmm. you know, and I mean, and being led by Farouk, I mean, like that guy, I mean. You gotta look past Farouk and APA, you know the uh, drinker, the smoker, the poker. I mean, this guy. I mean, he he was able to speak, and he was able. I mean, like when he spoke, you listened. First uh, African American world heavyweight champion for WCW, yeah. yep. I believe. Mm-hmm. I, awesome in ring performer. So much so that all he has to do is walk around and say one goddamn word now, and everybody goes fucking nuts. Oh, fuck yeah. But, I mean, it's because of him and his creation of the Nation of Domination that, I mean, it gave us the Godfather. It gave us the Rock. You know, it pushed Mark Henry, yep. D'Lo Brown. I mean, yeah, it had Ahmed Johnson there, but Ahmed really kind of just faltered on his own. And, again, a lot of it was personality. Great in-ring ability. I mean, he was supposed to be the next guy. But if you don't have it, you don't have it. But, I mean, right. the Nation of Domination was great, and they had so many feuds. And one of the which was the guy next on our the guy next on our list was the Hart Foundation. See, this was just like auto talent right here. You had Brett Owen, <laughs> Jim, um, British Bulldog, British Bulldog, and um, oh, who's who's your guy? He wasn't family. No, it was the uh, loose cannon. Oh. Uh, the guy that killed himself. Um, God damn it, Brian Pillman. Brian didn't kill himself. I thought he killed himself. No, he died of illness. No. Yeah. I thought he killed himself. Those of you who are listening, does OJ know he's wrong? Yeah. But yeah, so yeah, Brian Pillman was uh, in there along with uh, the British Bulldog, Jim Dan Van Hart, Owen Hart, and Bret Hart. You're talking about fucking just having all the cards in one hand. Mm-hmm. That that was a faction that had the ability to hold every single title at once. Oh yeah. I don't I don't believe they ever did it, but I mean. I mean that. I mean that was a group of champions. I mean that it was an amazing fun group. Yeah, they were all champions at one point in time or another. Mm-hmm. Not like heavyweight. Not all of them got the heavyweight opportunity. No, but, but I mean, I, I I'm, pretty, I'm pretty sure they're all tag team IC title European champions because European Championship was around there at that time. It was a tremendous. Um, the the Attitude Era produced so many factions. I mean, half our list are from there. Oh yeah, over half our list. Yeah, the. When it comes and what comes on to it, like when, like, so when we discuss the Hall of Fame and everything, people always say, you know, the British Bulldog needs to be in there. Owen Hart needs to be in there. 
Jim Jim DeAnvil Nyhart, I'd never see him going in solo, but you can put all these guys in just as the Hart Foundation. I think that's what they need to do. But yeah, then then Bret Hart would be a two time Hall of Famer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can give that you can give that honor to somebody else other than Ric Flair. Yeah, I, I'm not saying Ric Flair doesn't deserve it, but more people are deserving well, of that. Well, with our with our next uh, faction on the list, it's possible that Ric Flair could be a three time WWE Hall of Famer if they decide to put uh, Evolution in as a group. This was probably one of my favorite incarnations of. Four Horsemen esque, mm-hmm. because you had the veteran Flair, the guy Triple H, and the two up and comers, Bautista and uh, Randy Orton. Yeah, well, there was a, I don't know if you ever heard about this or we talked about it, but um, it wasn't supposed to be Randy Orton. Really? Yeah, it was supposed to be uh, Jindrak. Oh, really? Mark Jindrak? Yeah. The fuck? Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I, I, from what I was told, it was supposed to be Mark Jindrak was supposed to be in there, not Randy Orton. But um, something happened where it got changed. I'm glad they did. I was going to say, because... Because without Evolution, we wouldn't have Randy Orton. Hmm. I mean, without Evolution, Batista would have been you know the dominant top wrestler in the business that he was. And when you sit there and you think, like, you know, when you want to exceed in a business... Who better to show you how to do that than Ric Flair and Triple H? Right. I mean, Ric Flair especially. Mm-hmm. And you've had, then you got Triple H who's been learning from Flair and Vince yep. for years. You're, you're, shit, man. You're, you're, you're getting handed all aces. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And this is a faction that held all the titles at once. When right. you had Batista and Flair as the tag team champions, you had Randy Orton holding the IC title. And, of course, Triple H is a world champion. You know, and I remember like they even even when Goldberg debuted and everything, and they put out that hit on him, you know, that hundred thousand dollars, whatever it was. You know, what I mean, like Evolution was the people who they wanted to be at the top, they wanted to stay at the top, and they were not willing to share with anyone else. Right. Now the the next one. The next one uh, it's kind ma- of a revolving door. Yeah, and it actually keeps me standing. I, I stand corrected when I mention this now because when when we were doing this list, I said TNA, WWE, WCW. And this, this is none of them. No, this is New Japan. New Japan, Japan yeah. Yeah. So the Bullet Club. I mean, has it's the American the American way brought to Japan is what this is. Mm-hmm. The I guess gangland style, whatever you want to call it. But you're talking. I believe it was originally started by Balor, who mm-hmm. was Prince Davidi by or. The, the, some, the vet, the, the vet, vet, whatever, yeah. Whatever the fuck it was. Not Finn Balor. Not, not <laughs> Finn Balor. It was uh, Finn Balor. <laughs> but you're talking, these guys come in, go out, they get, I don't know if they get beat in, but I know that when it's time for them to go, they beat the shit out of them, then you can go. Oh, yeah. Pretty much gangland rules. They were, they were a next generation NWO. But an upgraded and better aces and eights. Yes. Yeah. To put it in the simplest sense, it was it was a new it was a it was a next generation NWO with a upgraded uh, aces and eights vibe, and I mean that's what do it was it was gang warfare for them. Like you know they and you're talking about a bunch of talented motherfuckers mm-hmm. too. Yeah, I mean yeah, they got what Finn Balor was a former member. Anderson and Gallows were former uh, members. AJ Styles. I mean, they were leaders, too. And now look where they're at. I think that was Nakamura in there, too? That I do not know. I did not follow out New Japan. I don't think he was. I want to say no. But again, for those of you listening, if we're wrong, please let us know. I mean, I know they're bad luck. Bad luck. Valet is in there. This is a... You probably don't know who... He's a bigger dude. He's... Beast in that ring too. Omega's in there, right? Omega's in there. Uh, the American Nightmare, Cody Rhodes, uh, the Who's Young that? Bucks. The Young Bucks, yeah. I remember. Okay, yeah. So I know they're in there. <clears throat> the next three we have on here literally could be interchanged based on who you talk to. Oh yeah. I know we disputed one and two. Right. But obviously, number three is number three for us, which is Degeneration X. I mean. As a kid, while this was going mm-hmm. on, this was the greatest fucking thing ever. And this was Attitude Era DX. Oh, I mean, yeah. like I, I did enjoy the new DX, but 
Attitude Era DX is what I love the most. And even before, you know, when, when Shawn Michaels, when it was just Shawn Michaels and Triple H. You know, before Shawn left and he brought in, you know, he brought X-Pac back and they had the New Age Outlaws join. I mean, like, the whole, the whole run of the entire Attitude Era with DX was absolutely amazing. When they sit there and they, you know, they fucked around with Sergeant Slaughter and, you know, they had strip poker in the middle of the ring and they had the, the address. They called to order whatever the fuck it was, but they had apologized for the words that they used. D-Generation X was the best faction from the Attitude Era. Oh, man, drive, driving the Army vehicles up to the WCW stadiums. Uh, just, just being downright dirty and hilarious. Mm-hmm. Like, pushing that censored line to the T before they got nixed off TV or something like that. I don't know how many times we had to see Shawn Michaels' ass either. Yeah. That, uh, that was everywhere. Well, they all did it. Uh, Sean, Triple H, yeah. even China. You know, but... Well, I mean, DX made the Attitude Era. Number one on this list made DX, but we'll get to that right after we talk a little <laughs> Right after we talk a little bit about the Four Horsemen. The Four Horsemen, man. I mean, I can remember at least two incarnations that actually made the original four, which was Flair, Arn... Oli. Oli. Fuck. <laughs> well, they're managed by J.J. Dillon, and, uh... Oh, it's gonna bug me now. They'll come to us. But, I mean, yeah, so, I mean, they, but they started NWA, and even mm-hmm. when they went to ICW, they changed so much. Oh, yeah. Chris Benoit was in it. Dean Malenko was in it. And, uh, Steve Mongo McMichaels. Stevie Mongo McMichaels was in it. That's why I, I was shocked that they never did it for... WWE and him bring it back or something like that. I know his daughter did the Four Horse Women, which I would like to see that happen. I would like, you know, that's what that's really what we haven't had. There's no real women stable. I think the closest one to it was uh, the Beautiful People in TNA, but that's pretty much been it for women. Yeah, um, the women, yeah, women factions don't really happen too much. I mean, they have like those. When they did the Divas Revolution yeah. and they each had their like group of threes, that kind of happened. Team bad, but I mean they're not long lasting. They don't. It's hard to explain. Like because hey, there's not as many women. In and this. it would. I mean, and that makes a lot of sense because if you take four women, and throw them together into a faction, you literally have those four against individual good guys. Right. Because you can't have a good guy faction. It don't work that way. So I mean, I would love to see more women wrestling, but I think what I think what would work out, they get more women wrestling, and have um, like a two hundred five live cruiserweight, but something for like women. Still have them wrestle on Raw and SmackDown, but have their own show where have you a can, women's division. Exactly. Show. I would like I would like to see that. That would be interesting as long as they could pick up mm-hmm. the right women. I would really like for them to get Rosemary from Impact over. Yeah. Um. All right, so I found a list real quick because I pulled it up for the Horsemen, and it was going to bug me until I did it. I'm going to list off everyone who was a member of the Horsemen, every single one of them, because just so you know, and we're getting close to time, but it's okay. Ric Flair, Arn Anderson, Ole Anderson, Tully Blanchard is one we can think of. J.J. Dillon, Lex Luger, Barry Windham, Sting, Sid Vicious, Paul Roma, Brian Pillman, Chris Benoit, Steve McMichaels, Jeff Jarrett, Kerhane, Dean Malenko. Associate members, you had War Machine, Hiro Matsuda, Kendall Windham, Butch Reed, Michael Hayes, David Flair. Then you had managers and valets. We're not going to get into that. But, yeah, I mean, obviously, obviously there was a lot more than we thought. Right. Because I didn't think there was uh, that many. I mean, I no. know there was a lot of reincarnations of it. Not that many. Especially, I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't remember Sid Vicious being in it. Who would want to? Yeah. All right, man. So this is your 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 top pick here for the faction. I think this would be a topic for everybody because the NWO. I mean, they made factions cool. Granted, yeah, the Four Horsemen was there a lot longer than the NWO. But if the NWO didn't exist, I don't think WCW will put up as much as a fight against WWE as they would have. If it wasn't for the NWO, there wouldn't be a DX. If it wasn't for the NWO, there wouldn't have been a Monday Night War. I, I would agree with you because the. The WWO came in and like slowly worked its way in, and then all of a sudden, 
just bam. And you got the biggest heel turn ever to happen in Hulk Hogan. Oh yeah, yeah. And what's and what's weird is like so when I when I think of NWO, I like early NWO. Now obviously towards the end, it got screwed up. Oh yeah. Because you went from having like five, six, maybe seven or eight set guys to an entire roster. So pretty much everybody wanted to be in the NWO. So much so they had to split off and have two separate NWOs. You know, where you just had the you know the original black and white, then you had the black and red and the Wolf Pack, and then all of a sudden Jeff Jarrett comes around and all of a sudden you got NWO two thousand where it's like black and silver and so I mean like it, NWO Latino. Yeah, the LWO, the blue WO, yeah. you know. Um. So the original, the Outsiders with Hulk Hogan. You know when you got. You know, Scott Steiner. Um, oh, fuck. Booker T's brother. Ray. Uh, Stevie Ray. <clears throat> Stevie Ray. <clears throat> when you have the originals there, that's when it was worth it. Even when uh, X-Pac was there, a six-pack. You know, there's six. Where the fuck six he was? Six-pack. Six-pack. Then, that was they're great. Virgil. Idea. Yeah, they're Virgil. Virgil was there, yeah. It wasn't Virgil, though, at that time. I don't know what his name was. I don't know either. We don't got time to look it up. Yeah, fuck that. Yeah. He, it's not like he's that <laughs> No. No, he's not. All right. Um, I, don't, I don't know if we should get us started on the next one. We got, we got mere minutes. <laughs> yeah. So who knows? Maybe, uh, yeah. So we got a lot to go through. Maybe we'll turn this into a three-part show. It, it might have to be a three-part show. Yeah. Tell you what, guys. You guys decide if you want us to keep doing this for the next few shows. Like I said, we got a lot of listener thing. A lot of these are because of you guys, so I do appreciate that again. So, um, oh shit, there's a lot. There's a lot that we do got to go through. So, I mean, you you let us know if you like us doing these top tens. You know, we'll keep doing them, and we'll keep running through them. Like, and we don't have to do them. You know, maybe we can always change our plans. We don't have to do them every you know week after week after week. We could you know spread them out and shit. No, I, I mean we do whatever we want. Absolutely. So, but we're not con- con- contractedly obligated to do anything we don't want to do. That's right. That's right. No one tells us what to do. And, until someone pays us to tell us what to do, <laughs> we will do whatever the fuck we want to do. Absolutely. So, <laughs> but obviously the biggest thing we want to do is like you know we want to do what you guys enjoy listening to. So if you like the top tens that we're doing, you want us to keep doing them. Let us know because, I mean, like I said, I mean, this is episode 10. We have so many more to go. And this is a weekly show. So we, we're we throwing out shows every single week for you guys. And we want to do what we can to put out the best um, shows for you. We want to keep you entertained because if you're not entertained, you're not going to listen to us. Well, either way, we're still having fun. We're still having fun. It's like, it's like getting to have quality guy time every recording for everybody else. Yeah, I mean, like if we, if we had beer, it would be. Well, and it's like how we explained in our first episode. I mean, this is us hanging out at the bar talking, right? But we don't have to be at the bar. We're right. We're you know we're at home and shit. So always keep that in mind. Event you know, like I said, like we enjoy doing this, and we'll probably keep doing it if we had no listeners. But having the listeners is fun. Uh, interaction. Because you guys interact, and plus the more we get, you know, the more sponsorship we could potentially get, and we could do so much more. Because, like I said, in the future, I want to do YouTube shows. I want to do YouTube videos and stuff like that. Speaking of YouTube videos, make sure you uh, check out uh, Grimm's Toy Show. Like I said, it's um, it's a YouTube wrestling show that I watch a lot. It's a lot of fun. It's a little bit out there. It's a little more uh, aimed towards uh, older teenagers to adults, a little bit older. There is some uh, words, you know, that aren't appropriate for kids. But, yeah. So make sure you check out Grimm's Toy Show. They're always fun. Uh, I, I've actually talked with a couple guys from the show. Hopefully we get something working out. We can actually have them on the show and get interviewed. Because awesome. with this brand new awesome fucking microphone we have, we can make that happen. We just got to get headphones. Silver cock, man. Silver cock. Um, not much really going on in the indie scene. Uh, SCW does have a show coming on August 26th. 26th. So uh, more information about that. I believe it's in Shabantz. I'm not quite sure where it's yeah. at. Don't yeah. have any of the information. I haven't looked up the information. I don't want to say it's not out there because yeah. I'm sure that it is out there. Yeah. So they'll they'll be letting us know who they're going to do the benefit for, mm-hmm. what day, what time, and where. And as soon as we get that, I'll I'll make sure we get that posted. Absolutely. And 
Hopefully, if everything works out right, we'll start interviewing some of the guys from SCW, like Andy Black, potentially the new SCW champion, Craig. Craig Mitchell, man. I'm excited to get Craig in here. I want I want to know his thoughts on that match with uh, Marche Rocket. So, other than that, I think that's it. Time to ring a bell on this episode. Perfect. As always, I am Travis, dude. I'm Dizzle J. Thank you for listening to another episode of Just Freak Wrestling, the JFW Podcast. Peace.